0: Today is the 13th of November, 2020. Welcome to Walking The Way. My name, as always, is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular time in scripture, a regular time in prayer, in other words, a regular rhythm of worship together. If you're joining us for the first time, let me say thank you and welcome. Each episode follows a really simple pattern. It's a mixture of prayer, scripture, and music. It's easy. You'll pick it up as we go along. But if you do need something to guide you, If you click the download the script link in the episode notes below, you'll get a PDF of today's episode. We always start each leg of walking the way with our opening prayer. So let's pray, shall we? Loving God, on this day, I'm aware of the troubles and the darkness in our world. So please come and lead us in prayers for our communities, our nations and the world. You are the light that shines in the bleakest times, and we ask that your kingdom be built here on earth. May those who suffer be comforted. May those who are at war search for peace. And may those who are in pain find healing. Loving God, may Friday be a thoughtful day, when your Spirit leads our prayers. We trust every trouble, small and wide, with faith into your care. So Lord, let Friday always prompt our hearts to stand upon the truth, because darkness has been overcome, Lord. This world belongs to you. Amen. Hebrews 11.13 All these people died having faith. They didn't receive the things that God had promised them, but they saw these things coming in the distant future and rejoiced. They acknowledged that they were living as strangers with no permanent home on earth. I got a phone call the other day, and during that conversation, the person that I was speaking to me asked me, did I believe in the second coming, and did I ever think that Jesus was coming back? The answer to that question is, one, yes, I believe in Jesus' coming, and two, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. But I also know that not even Jesus himself knew when the end of the world was, when his return was. And you can read that in Matthew 24, verses 35 to 37. But today's verse was the verse that came to mind as we talked through some of the issues surrounding the second coming. And as we were talking, I was reminded of all the people that the author of Hebrews lists who died before they saw Jesus come, before they saw his birth. And that is in part because God's timing is not our timing. Because the conditions for Jesus' birth had to be perfect. For the gospel to be as effective as it was, we needed the Pax Romana, we needed the Roman peace. The same thing will be for Jesus' second coming. Things will need to be just so. We read in scriptures that things will need to be put in place. And that means we will, may have to wait a very long time for Jesus' to return. You know, the world waited how many thousands of years from God's promise to redeem his people in Genesis 3 to Jesus' death on the cross? Because I'll say it again, God's timing is not our timing. So in faith, we wait for Jesus to come back. And if we die beforehand, our faith will be credited to us as righteousness, just like it was for those Old Testament saints. And we will hear those wonderful words of God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your eternal rest. And that, for me, is more than enough. We're going to have our first piece of music to give us time to center our thoughts on God. And then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And today we continue with Peter's first letter. We'll see you on the other side. Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures this morning, shall we? Loving God, please use the words today to guide us. Help us to see your hand in everything. And help us to live lives that bring glory to you because of what we hear today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For the final time this week, and probably actually also the final time this year, our Bible readings are taken from the God's Word translation. And today I'm reading 1 Peter 3. Wives, in a similar way, place yourselves under your husband's authority. Some husbands may not obey God's Word. Their wives could win these men for Christ by the way they live without saying anything. Their husbands would see how pure and reverent their lives are. Wives must not let their beauty be something external. Beauty doesn't come from hairstyles, gold jewellery or clothes. Rather, beauty is something internal that can't be destroyed. Beauty expresses itself in a gentle and quiet attitude, which God considers precious. After all, this is how holy women who had confidence in God expressed their beauty in the past. They placed themselves under their husband's authority, as Sarah did. Sarah obeyed Abraham and spoke to him respectfully. You became Sarah's daughters by not letting anything make you afraid to do good. Husbands, in a similar way, live with your wives with understanding since they are weaker than you are. Honor your wives as those who share God's life-giving kindness so that nothing will interfere with your prayers. Finally, everyone must live in harmony. Be sympathetic, love each other, have compassion and be humble. Don't pay people back with evil for the evil they do to you, Or ridicule those who ridicule you. Instead, bless them, because you were called to inherit a blessing. People who want to live a full life and enjoy good days must keep their tongues from saying evil things and their lips from speaking deceitful things. They must turn away from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The Lord's eyes are on those who do what he approves, his ears hear their prayers. The Lord confronts those who do evil. Who will harm you if you are devoted to doing what is good? And even if you suffer for doing what God approves, you are blessed. And don't be afraid of those who want to harm you. Don't get upset. But dedicate your lives to Christ as Lord. Always be ready to defend your confidence in God when anyone asks you to explain it. However, make your defense with gentleness and respect keep your conscience clear, then those who treat the good Christian life you live with contempt will feel ashamed that they have ridiculed you. After all, if it is God's will, it's better to suffer for doing good than for doing wrong. This is true because Christ suffered for our sins once. He was an innocent person, but He suffered for guilty people so that He could bring you to God. His body was put to death, but He was brought to life through His Spirit. In it, he also went to proclaim his victory to the spirits kept in prison. They are like those who disobeyed long ago in the days of Noah, when God waited patiently while Noah built the ship. In this ship, a few people, eight in all, were saved by water. Baptism, which is like that water, now saves you. Baptism doesn't save by removing dirt from the body. Rather, baptism is a request to God for a clear conscience. It saves you through Jesus Christ, who came back from life to death. Now Christ has gone to heaven where he holds the honored position, the one next to God the Father on the throne. Angels, rulers, and powers have been placed under his authority. We're going to have our second piece of music, just to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention. And after the music, we're going to say our prayers for today. Let's pray, shall we? God, our rock and our salvation. So much of faith is waiting. Like a pregnant woman waiting in hope. Like people under siege, holding out till relief comes. Like the soul lost in the darkness, unable to see even a glimmer of light, yet stumbling through the night because somewhere out ahead... Day will surely break. God be with us in our waiting. Living God, keep us awake in faith. Faith that acts. When our faith grows weary, strengthen us. When our faith grows fearful, give us courage. When our faith grows despairing, give us witnesses. And when the faith of others falters, may we be a light in their darkness. walking the way.